everybody. It's a Friday. It's Spain event. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are going to get in tonight's uh, NBA tilt. We're going to be on 90 minutes, leading you right up to that game five between the Lakers and Heat. We'll get into that and all sorts of other good stuff. Make our picks for the weekend in the NFL. But first, there was a Thursday night football game last night. And even though people have spent all day dissecting it, including what did Tom know and when did he know it? And is he lying? And is Arians covering up for him? Uh, I still need to get my take in, Fitz. And <laughs> uh, instead of rehashing all of that, I just want to play you something that Mike Greenberg said on Greeny today and see what you think. Does Tom Brady get a pass for the mistake last night that no other player in the NFL would get? None. Russell Wilson wouldn't get it. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't get it. Patrick Mahomes wouldn't get it. Does Tom Brady, who I don't care what they say, he says he knows what down it was. Well, I'm not calling anyone a liar, but that isn't true. Tom Brady didn't know what down it was. And the reality of it is as follows. You are what your reputation enables you to be. So does Tom Brady get a pass? Yes. And do you know why? Because he's the greatest quarterback ever. And that's reasonable. I like how he told us his take was reasonable at the end, just in case you weren't sure. Fitz, do you agree that that's a reasonable take? That's a trash take. <laughs> I mean, that is such hot garbage. By that very logic, then bad people can never do good things, and good things can never do bad people. Bad uh, good people can never do bad things, and we can't hold anybody accountable for any of it in the middle. Like it is fully possible for the greatest quarterback of all time to have a massive brain fart and then to want afterwards to cover it up like that is, you know what greenie's a hall of famer that's a trash take from a hall of famer just prove <laughs> that you can be a hall of right. famer that blows it your reputation on your takes does not defend you from bad takes in the future <laughs> and that is what happened there that's a terrible take if we gonna spend all of our time talking about how brady is so good in the clutch and you can't give him that much time and we know that he has been the architect in the past of the most fourth quarter last second last minute whatever it is drives then when he has a brain fart and he doesn't know how many downs there are and he makes a bad play you hold him accountable for it you don't whitewash everything going forward in his career because what he achieved in the past, and it's especially not going to work for a guy of his age in a brand new situation. What you can do, and this is not just me because it's the Bears, it's partly that, but the Bears pressured him on 43-plus percent of his dropbacks. It's the most in any game since 2017. 16 of those 19, they just rushed four, and they still made him so uncomfortable. He was out of rhythm. He was frustrated. His team took a ton of penalties. They are not as disciplined as his Patriots team. He is new to this offense. He is new to these weapons. It's understandable that he might not be as poised as he normally is. And in that case, he made, as you called it, a brain fart. And we can call him out on it. And we can say there are a number of reasons that they lost that game. It certainly wasn't just that, but that was a part of it. And and at some point, do you not even hold them to a higher standard? Like when somebody's great at something and they screw right. up, it, yeah. it, it's, it's human Brian nature. Hoyer, and we're like, well, yeah, that's why Brian Hoyer <laughs> Brian Hoyer. It's Tom Brady, and we shouldn't be like, well, but you know, he's done a lot of good stuff in the past. So but, that's cool. And Sarah, this also sort of plays to one of the things that I think didn't get enough attention coming into the season, that we talked about like the lack of Patriot way for Tom and how that would be exciting and, and fun to go out and be able to have a good time. But one of the things I've said, I feel like a hundred times at this point, is what's going to happen when he's out there and things start going wrong because little details are being missed. Yep. We saw you're, some of that last yeah. night. You're he used got frustrated. To a team that does things the right way and is reminded of it every second. And uh, perhaps that reminder wasn't in his ear. 
of yeah. what down it was, and he's used to that, or perhaps it was just a combination of things. But wanted to get that off my chest. Also, the Bears are four and one. I don't even think they're a very good team, but I did look at their schedule, and I think there are only four games on their schedule that I would be shocked for them to win: two Packers, uh, two Packers games, a Rams and a Saints. Everything else, a lot of teams that are have a lot of question marks right now: Texans. Titans teams that I thought that were surefire losses for the Bears, so I'm feeling all right. Wait, wait, when you're four and one, it doesn't matter yeah. how you I'm got. Just I mean, enjoy it. I mean, I'm, they know how to win games. Okay, they know how to win close games. There's some just crazy piece of the world that we live in today that's suddenly going to turn around when this Bears team is ten wins in and say, "Well, they're not very." I, I don't care yeah, if from you're, your lips, dude. Uh, uh, I would nope. love to see a ten win Bears team that had 45 total yards on the ground yesterday. Uh, it's Spade and Fitz. There's Spade, Jason Fitz on a Friday. God, that's we're so presented true. by. Per- Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Uh, also, you can always hit us up, uh, you are you being the Spain and Fitz Nation, uh, on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed and let us know. Uh, be a part of it. It's official. College football's back and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. The NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. That's tonight. This coverage starts at 8.30 Eastern here, and we're going to lead you right up to it. Uh, Fitz, you know, a lot of conversation about the legacy and what it means for LeBron if he wins and for the Lakers in this year that started so uh, horrifically with Kobe's sudden death. But first, before we even start to coronate, let's talk about if there's a chance for the Heat to win this game. Uh, what do you think? Is is there a part of you that can see that? Well, yes, because Jimmy Butler is the Tasmanian devil. And that's what I keep <laughs> thinking about. Like, there's an effort level here that that Jimmy Butler can hit. He has an extra gear that, to be honest, even though the Lakers are uh, clearly the better team in this to me, they have at times had moments where they just don't seem as interested. We don't ever get that from this Heat team. And I think Jimmy Butler is going to come out and absolutely be what Jimmy Butler is, an agitator. I, I'm surprised that the Heat haven't gone at AD a little bit more offensively when they have the ball. I think you just, the whole time, make AD work on every possession on the defensive side of the ball. Make the refs get involved in the game even if they don't want to. I think Miami could do that and agitate their way to another win, even though I think the Lakers are going to win this series. To your point about Jimmy Butler, he scored or assisted on 50.4% of the Heat's total points in the finals. Uh, Only two players have scored or assisted on at least 50% in a finals. LeBron four times and Michael Jordan three times. So he is in some rarefied air there, but that's not necessarily a good sign for a Heat team that thrived because of their depth, right? We saw that they had a different leading scorer for each of the first three rounds of the playoffs. Uh, One of those guys in Dragic is out, and the other one is hobbled in Bam. And so you're left with Jimmy putting everything on his shoulders. And it's not that he can't do it. It's that that's not how this team is built, particularly going up against a team with LeBron and AD. And to your point, I do think being aggressive early on is probably the only way. they got to get him on their heels. Uh, what we saw is that the, the Lakers adjusted to that wrinkle. They put Davis on Butler, and then Butler was, was thriving when they were having him switch. So they said, okay, stop switching, go under the screens, let Jimmy have those threes if he wants them. Didn't want him. So early on, Jimmy needs to say, I'm going to make you play me honest around the perimeter, and then I'm going to find ways to allow myself to still drive and be aggressive without that big body keeping me from penetrating, which means getting a lot more creative in how they they rub Anthony Davis off and how they make him work uh, to, to fight under those screens. Like what we saw in a couple of these games is that when they did something completely different or they threw something new, they would at least get... I don't know, maybe a 12 to 15 point swing it felt like where they would get up on the Lakers and the Lakers would figure it out and adjust and come back. They need to keep throwing things at them and they need to keep that movement going. When they get stagnant, it feels like the, the Lakers are able to figure out um, what, what they're throwing at them. And then it's just a matter of talent and it's pretty clear which team has more of that. Do you so. think, uh, I know we got to get out, but do you think that, I mean, Davis played 42 minutes in game four. Does that, does that 
have any lingering effect to you in your mind? It's possible. Yeah, I mean, what we've seen is that this season has been a little bit harder pr- to predict in terms of body body's wear and tear. There isn't the travel. There isn't, you know, but the time off is different. So uh, he's still a young guy. And unlike LeBron, who's in his, what, 11th uh, NBA Finals, uh, <laughs> Davis has not had these long runs of seasons before. So presumably he's got a little more in him. Uh, so that's tonight. We'll get into that. NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Game 5 tonight. LeBron and the Lakers battle Butler in the Heat, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up on Spain and Fitz, there is one spot still open in the championship series. Can the three $325 million man earn his pinstripes on three days rest, or will it be the man on two days rest? It's coming up next. Fitz, I just want to interrupt and say that I know you're trying your best, but you just sounded like someone who just lived through five straight Fridays back to back when you yelled that. I mean, that's all I get. Wait, Are you all right? Was it not high enough or was it not it, long uh, enough? It was or? strained. It sounded painful a little bit. Um, well, it'll be fine. You had a long day. That's, that's, that's you're describing my music career. Strained that's why you and need painful. A Friday. All right. <laughs> oh God. Spain and Fitz brought to you by my computer career training for a better life. That's right. It's Friday. You can hit us up on the Spain and Fitz Nation. By the way, hit us up on the Dr Pepper Twitter feed. Tell us what you're doing on your Friday. Tell us how you're celebrating. We might read some of the good tweets later in the show. Uh, but Sarah, on Friday, not only do we party, but we also make picks. So let's have a little bit of fun. Uh, for anyone that hasn't been keeping track, you are a pick goddess. For I, I mean, seventeen and one. Like that's we're straight up no spread, but seventeen and one is just like I looked at it today, and I was pretty proud <laughs> in this moment because I was you know I'm looking at it, I'm like all right, um what eighteen three eighteen four and one uh, or sorry I can't do math eight one two three four five thirteen four and one. <laughs> 13, 4, did you count 1. On your finger? Yeah, I just did. I just used my, my fingers. That's how I did that. Uh, you are 17. And I was like, you know what? I feel pretty good about 13, 4, and 1. And then I looked at the fact that you're 17 and 1, and I'm like, I'm not even mad at it. I'm not mad at it because you're on fire. So uh, because I'm getting my butt kicked, I'll go first on this one. And we don't have the big, uh, we don't have the voice of God for this. So do you want to do it for us? You do a great job. Oh, I will do it. I will do the first one for you. Clemson, Miami. Oh, that's right. See, I always like to pick the ABC Saturday night game because it's my way to shamelessly plug that you can watch Countdown to Game Day uh, on Twitter and the ESPN app at uh, 8.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning and also mm. the college football show from 7 to 8 p.m. We're doing all sorts of digital work on college football. Uh, the Clemson's going to do all sorts of work on Miami. Everybody's hyped on Miami. Here's a, a fun fact. They're good and they're not great. That's the easiest way to say it. <laughs> they need to run the ball in order to win. Clemson's only given up 2.2 yards per rush they are going to not just win they're going to kill Miami it's going to be a destructive destructive just awful awful game Clemson is going to beat everybody but watch it on ABC it's going to be spectacular right, I'm looking forward to clipping off that and seeing if that comes true <laughs> uh, oh, let's go that's to the a NFL bold for statement. my first pick okay well and you're going to just rip the band-aid off Raiders <laughs> at Chiefs oh, I'm so sorry that I'm about to tell you these stats in case you don't already know them but uh, Carr is 0-6 against the Chiefs on the road. Four touchdown passes, seven interceptions, a QBR of 14.4, and his longest pass in those games, 33 yards. The Raiders have been outscored 75-12 to in two games against the Chiefs at Arrowhead since Patrick Holmes, Holmes took over, and Mahomes' 89.1 total QBR against the Raiders is his highest against any team he's played more than once, and his 11 passing touchdowns in four games is the highest total he has against any NFL team. I'm taking the Chiefs! Wow. It was a Friday. Now it's a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? I also have to because it's the rule. Pick this same game. I'll play the, the game because it's just fun for me. Here's the fun fact, Sarah. 
Doesn't matter what Carr does. He's not even going to throw. They may not throw the ball once. They'll just let Josh Jacobs take it every single time, and it won't help. The Chiefs are just, I mean, this thing this thing feels like it's going to be, I don't know, roughly 42 to 14, but that's okay. My beloved Raiders are still going to go to the playoffs, even though they're going to lose this game. <laughs> I'm glad we agree on that one. Yeah, perfect. Next up for me. Los Angeles Rams at Washington. The Rams are what I thought they'd be. Last year, there was so much movement on that offensive line. They had some issues figuring out what Gurley was. Now they are back to a team that resembles the one that made it to the Super Bowl two years ago. They're playing a team in Washington that ain't good and just ousted their quarterback. So Kyle Allen takes over. This is a guy who knows the offense, but he turned it over a ton of times over the end of that run with Carolina last year. 15 turnovers in his last seven starts, three lost fumbles in there. So uh, facing a team that's that's uh, good at getting those sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, his fumble fingers are going to be a problem. I am very clearly taking the Rams in this game. Well, you know what? I picked this game also uh, on my slate oh, right. this week. Look at us. And we agree again on this one. The Rams are going to kill. I mean, this is this again. I don't think there's a lot of great games right now going mm-hmm. on. But let me say this. I'll give a shout out to my buddy Julian Council, who works in Carolina and has covered a lot with the Panthers. And last year I was talking to him at one point and he said, why are you guys all talking like Kyle Allen can play quarterback? Watch some of it. So I went back and rewatched it. He wasn't wrong. Kyle Allen was particularly bad at a lot of different times last year. I think he got overhyped because of the early wins. He's not going to be good enough to get a win here for a Washington football team that just isn't good enough to beat the Rams. All right, moving on. Cardinals at Jets. Yeah, I was taking it easy on our Jets friends that we have working behind the scenes today. Usually I just put my finger on what where the Jets are and who they're playing and I go with that first. I waited till the middle of the pack this time. The Jets are going to get beat by the Cardinals. The Cardinals Ooh, offense yeah. has looked a little bit bad over the last couple weeks. They they needed pick me up and nothing says pick me up like playing the Jets, especially when they don't even have Sam Darnold. Joe Flacco, who hasn't played in almost a year, is old, is playing behind a very shaky offensive line, and is leading a Jets team that's 31st in red zone efficiency against an Arizona defense that's 4th. It's going to be a bloodbath. I'm so sorry, Jets fans. Look, you know, the only thing I'm mad about right now is I realize that I didn't pick that game, which is really just <laughs> my, I mean, I know, amateur hour by me. your record. Yeah, that's exactly. All right, let's move on to my, my next pick. Giants at Cowboys. And again, this, this doesn't come down to me thinking that the Cowboys are particularly good. We all know the Cowboys defense has been just one barrel of hot trash. It doesn't matter against the Giants offense because last time I checked, the Giants offense can't do anything, especially without Saquon. So even though everybody wants to find some reason to believe in Daniel Dimes, I refuse to do that. The Cowboys are going to come out and have a statement win over the Giants that will just remind us how bad New York is. Now you're getting it. That's what I did. Put my finger on the Giants. Who are they playing? Oh, okay. Yeah, the Cowboys, who have been really uneven. And like you pointed out, their defense, they uh, they have been beat up. Um, but it doesn't really matter because <laughs> the Giants' offense, particularly without Saquon, they have 306 rushing yards this season. This season, they have 306 rushing yards. Uh, they don't have enough depth. You know, there's too many mistakes still from Danny Dimes. So even though the Cowboys offense would be a nice uh, opportunity for a struggling offense to find something, not going to happen. The Cowboys win. Gosh, we are agreeing on a bunch of them here. Let's see if you pick this next game, too. I know. <laughs> Bengals at Ravens. All right, I went with this game. Even though everybody knows that I am absolutely like the, the president of the street team supporting Joe Burrow, and I think he's going to be great. 
Joe Burrow is not great if the Bengals can't find balance in their offense. Joe Mixon being great last week was the reason Cincinnati won that game. They won't be able to turn around and run the way they did last week on the Ravens this week. That's why the Bengals are going to get beat by a Baltimore team that's just better constructed top to bottom. You know, I almost took that, but because they were at one point saying Lamar Jackson was questionable, I just stepped away from it in case something got tweaked. Uh, but I, I like your pick, and I think that's a good one. I'm reminded, by the way, that you're better at this than I am. Go ahead. <laughs> I instead went with... Broncos at Patriots. Again, this is a Denver team that, you know, we actually saw more life out of them than I expected in that Thursday night football game with the Jets, but that was the Jets. Uh, This is the Patriots. And while the Patriots had a very weird week and they could be a little bit slow on the uptake because of that, I still think that they are a better disciplined team with more talent and they will have an easy time of handling this Denver team. Maybe the beginning of the game looks a little shaky because of all the things that have happened to the Patriots with Cam being out and everything else. But uh, other than being more rested, there's nothing in the check column for the Broncos in this matchup. The, the Patriots definitely get the win. I should have talked to you before I submitted my picture doing this better than I am. All right, next <laughs> up for me. Eagles at Steelers. And this one is really about two things. I believe that the Eagles have fallen into dumpster fire category as well. But the Steelers aren't getting enough love for how good they are this year and how good I think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So they get a little extra time because their matchup with the Titans didn't happen. They use that time. They're going to be ready, and they're going to just absolutely cruise over the Eagles to me. This is just – the Steelers by the end of the year I think are going to be the third best team in the AFC. That's Very the smartest thing you've ever said. I don't know that it is because the reason I didn't make that pick is because I'm curious to see if the Eagles build off of their finally getting a win and taking over the top spot in their in their division with that one win. Sweet uh, Lord. And also because of the Steelers' schedule getting messed up. I just want to know if that evens the stakes a little bit more there. I do think the Steelers will win, but I was hesitant to make a choice, so I went with... Vikings at Seahawks. Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks in this one. Russell Wilson is 26-7-1 on Sunday nights. Uh, The Seattle defense could make for a really good game for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. They have allowed 94 catches and 1,345 yards to receivers through four games. They are getting feasted on. But Russell Wilson and that Seattle team are flat out better than the Vikings. And the way that Russell's been playing uh, 16 touchdowns through four games uh, thrown, uh, I just don't see any chance that this very mediocre Minnesota team's best them. So I've got the Seahawks. Those are our picks. As always, we'll be honest about how we do. Tune in for college football action tomorrow. Ole Miss hosts Alabama, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up next, what are the chances the Titans are actually able to play this week? We'll get the, the latest from Nashville next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Mike Martz. Oh, that's who it was. <laughs> we were having a long conversation off air about John Stark's Mike Martz. It's a long story. It's a Friday edition. Like, believe me, we haven't started drinking yet, but we'll just see where things go. Uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, uh, and all guests appear on the show. Pennzoil Performance Line. Speaking of spe- Shell, brought to you by Shell. Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oils made from natural gas gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on a sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Speaking of the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, let's head there now where Buck Rising joins us from A to Z Sports. You can check him out if you're a Titans fan doing a great job breaking news and covering everything going on with what's happening now in Nashville. So I guess, Buck, what's the latest on whether or not the Titans are even going to be capable of playing? Uh, happy Friday to everyone. Thank we're, you. we're trying happy to stay on a free down here in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, yes, the, the latest on everything happening is that so long as there is not a COVID 
19 positive tests. Uh, tomorrow morning, the Titans will be able to, in theory, open up their practice facility and try and get some kind of preparation in before they're ultimately set to play the Buffalo Bills on Tuesday night football. A little, uh, little different kind of action here for us in, uh, in Music City. But so far, everybody's knocking on wood and crossing fingers that these guys you know, can go a day with, without testing positive. It's crazy. Buck, not only the conversation about the positive tests, but also whether there's blame to be placed on players for meeting and gathering to practice when they were told not to. There's a lot of confusion over whether they misread the guidelines and thought as long as they were away from the facility it was okay, or if they maliciously and, and you know intentionally violated those rules. Beyond all that, I guess the question is, should it matter whether they intentionally violated the rules, or should it just matter that during a spread on their team, they gathered Right, whether that was intentional or not, they made it worse. Yes, and and that's that's the thing that people, especially Titans fans down here, are so quick to forget is that they shouldn't have gotten together in the first place. Like whether and this this whole miscommunication thing between the NFL telling the organization, hey, on on September the 29th, we're going to shut this down, and you are not to gather either at the facility or outside of it. And when the Titans players told me that they were actually told not to gather on October 1st. There's a missing piece there, and Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, the GM, uh, have been notably absent as a part of that conversation. Uh, But no, Sarah, it shouldn't matter because they should know to get together, especially to go to a high school in the middle of downtown Nashville, Mm -hmm. like for everybody to see, uh, for them to, one, for them, for Ryan Tannehill to call, get permission from, uh, from Montgomery Bell Academy and for Montgomery Bell Academy to allow them onto school grounds after all of this, like there's a bunch of failures here, but they got to know better than that. And and things are pretty lax down here in Tennessee. I think most of the country can can assume that based on based on how different parts of the country have handled COVID-19. But that's not an excuse. They got to know better. And if they're going to be up to par on this, um, they, they just simply can't do that, whether they knew better or not. Spain and Fitz presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. We're talking a buck rising A to Z sports Titans reporter. So the NFL is investigating. What do you expect to come from that? At this point, we, we don't know, Fitz. And I, I hate that as a cop-out. But, like, again, we haven't talked to Mike Vrabel in quite some time since all of this came down. He's not been uh, he's not been made available to the media. There's been no comment from the organization as to what specific as to what specific violations they're being investigated for. I, I had Mike Sando of the Athletic on the radio today. He's talking about unprecedented punishments. Florio from Pro Football Talk the same in that regard. And and there should be no precedent for the punishment because all of this lacks a precedent. The, the question, though, is do they lose draft capital? Do they just get a fine? And could Mike Vrabel and John Robinson be suspended? Right now, the most likely scenario is that Mike Vrabel, at least from what I'm hearing, Mike Vrabel could face some kind of suspension if the violations are egregious enough. And, and this, is, this is the responsibility of the head coach. Like leader of men, you're supposed to be able to handle these guys, and they're going to go as you go. To this point, uh, there's been, you know, for, for and I, th- I honestly think a lot of Mike Vrabel, but he's handled this whole situation very, very poorly, as, as has the organization. It's, it's a bad situation down here. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio talking about rising A to Z sports Titans reporter. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, we heard from a variety of coaches, some that said this is no big deal, we'll, we'll tackle COVID, right? And then some that said, I don't really know how we're going to do this. This seems unrealistic in a, in a tackle sport with this many players. 
Did you get a vibe from Brable at any point early or even during the season that he's someone that takes this seriously, that he's someone who would have been given directives to his players that indicated a real fear of the, of the spread and of the potential effects of COVID or, or the reverse? Here's what I'll say. I, I, I know that Mike Vrabel has in public, at least when we're out there at practice and understanding that our, that our media availability, especially this year, is much, much more limited than it ever has been. So I can't tell you specifically how he handles them in the facility. The players, the players are constantly on guard for Vrabel telling them, hey, pull your mask up. I don't care if you're drinking coffee in a team meeting. Pull your mask up. Mike Vrabel's out there running routes as a tight end during defensive back drills. He sees that we are taking video of him and pictures of him. He immediately puts his mask up. Like, I think I, – I do trust that Mike Vrabel and – or at least up to this point, Sarah, up to this point, I had trusted that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson were two of, two of the most buttoned-up individuals in the NFL and that they would not put the risk of what this team could potentially do. This is an undefeated football team right now. They've been taking a lot of L's here lately, but this is a good football team. I mean, but but Buck, let me let me let me cut you off though. Like, at least sure. at least indulge me on this. Then, where's the failing? I mean, the players should know better, coaches should know better. So, who didn't tell somebody in an, in a way that they actually let this happen? Well, and if they're going to practice at the high school, doesn't that imply that there hasn't been a very clear indication that that they would need to not be together if there was a spread? Right. All of this has fallen apart over the course of the last week. Is is, is essentially what I'm trying to say because. From, from the optics of it, it sounds like Mike Brabel hasn't had them taking it seriously enough because there's no way they go to that practice as open and as public as it was without some member of the organization knowing about it, without Mike Brabel knowing about it. Like, that's what it comes down to at its core. So prior to all this, I, there was plenty of reason to believe that they were handling this thing correctly, and then an outbreak totally changes all of these things. And since we're not in the facility, now talk to a bunch of players. They're, they, they're going to get hit hard. And deservedly so, because like, uh, like many other organizations in the NFL, if you go into these locker rooms, if you're talking about, you know, how many guys are allowed in a, in a hot or a cold tub during the specific time, whether that's three guys at a time or whatever, a lot of these guys are going to roll in before practice, just take over that room, and things are going to start to get lax over the season. I'm using that as an example, but these are the kind of violations that the NFL is looking into. They're going to hammer them. They've got the tapes. It's not going to matter. The practice is a very small part of this. And ultimately, the burden falls on Mike Vrabel. Buck is all. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. I just wanted to ask you quickly, and we're almost out of time, so very quickly. How much do you think this sure. affects their ability to win and continue their success going forward? Or is that still up to debate, depending on how many games they get in the next couple of weeks and such? Oh, it totally kneecaps them. I mean, you're talking about there's a bunch of starters that have currently are currently on the COVID list. And they're playing the Bills. They've got the Texans and then the Steelers right after that. They uh, – they, they are going to be at a significant competitive disadvantage just because of the lack of the players that they have available to them right now. Yeah. Buck, as always, thanks for the expertise. Thanks for the insight. You guys can follow him. Check out uh, A to Z Sports, of course, and follow him on Twitter at Buck Rising. Buck, always appreciate you, my friend. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for letting me have uh, – let me jump on, guys. Always enjoy talking to you. Take care. Yeah. You know, Sarah, this is such a, a – you know, just part of what he said there, that we haven't heard from Vrabel. We haven't heard from John Robinson. I don't know how that's acceptable. I mean, mm-hmm. at some point, the league has got to demand that we hear from the people that, that are supposed to be setting the standard for everybody within the organization. And I don't care if he's, all he does is sit in front of a microphone and give us coach speak. At some point, he should have to speak. We'll keep breaking Great. it down. Lot to re- uh, lot to react to. We'll do it next. Plus, LeBron's legacy. Spain and Fitz. It's Friday on Spain. 
training fits. Presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance. It's the best I could do, Sarah. That's all I got left. You know. I mean, I almost, I started hosting the show because it's Friday, and it's been a couple days, and I forgot that you were going to take this one. Oh, really? So, you know, well, I you really know, got my stuff together today. Well, you know what? It, it, this is what happens. By the time we reach the 8 o'clock hour on Fridays, <laughs> I can't promise anything's going to be you know executed well, but I can promise we're going to have fun. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear on the show. Penzo Performance Line. And Sarah, I, I know we got to get to the NBA, and I know we're going to get to LeBron, but I, I just got to get a little off my chest with the conversation we just had regarding the Titans. And look, uh, there there is at least a conversation going on, and Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk was on the ESPN affiliate today in Nashville on ESPN 1025 The Game, and he commented during that course of that interview that some in league circles think that the Titans could be fined $10 million, lose a first-round draft pick. Vrabel and John Robinson, the coach and GM, could be suspended for the rest of the year. All is one big lump punishment. Now, that sounds absurd when I say it out loud to some people, but if the league really wants to get this under control, in my mind, the only thing to do is to make an example out of somebody, and why not make an example out of the Titans? Yeah, to me, it feels like the problem is if because of the nature of COVID, right, where someone could have gotten it from their their wife who went to the grocery store or um, a, a, a training staff member who, you know, had someone in their building. I don't, you know what I mean? There's, there's no way to contract trace it back to figure out who started it. So is it based solely on not caring enough, not following protocol, or is it that this is a really easily transmittable and contractable virus and plenty of people that are in a position who have been trying their best not to get it still have. Um, well, and, and that's and- what makes it hard to, again, now, the actions after the fact, once you know, there's a spread, when you go and practice, obviously that's something that you can punish, but when it unravels more, it, I think you have to have some pretty serious evidence to prove that there was intent behind whatever's gone wrong. Well, and and let me be clear. I I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't think having a COVID outbreak is something that should be punished. But to me, the minute they were told they couldn't be at the facility, they were trying to essentially as a group of adults, like you look at and say, well, you know what? They told me I couldn't be at the facility. They told us we couldn't work out there, but they didn't say in writing, we can't work out somewhere else. Now, it turns out, according to multiple reports, they did, and that message just hadn't gotten to the players. But it feels like the players were already trying to essentially work around the rule by, you know, sort of interpreting it in themselves. And then you have the team not communicating properly. So all of those things become the punishable offense. Getting COVID is something that can happen to anybody, anywhere, anytime. So I, I can't, I don't think we can realistically punish for that. But the way it's handled afterwards, absolutely, there should be. They should comb through that with a fine tooth comb and see everything that the Titans did. And I'm still angry that we haven't heard from the people that were in the power to actually spread out the information on how the team should react. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, and and what we're hearing from what the NFL will be investigating, hopefully, will reveal some of it. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the NFL on something that may negatively affect their product or how people see the future games or any of those things. Right? If they're worried about taking away from a team that started out strong and is supposed to be one of the contenders, maybe they take it a little softer than they should. But I would hope that the investigation would reveal if there was um, poor leadership, poor habits, poor protocol following, and all those other things, particularly if it's because as much as we're talking about this logistically and how it affects games and everything else going forward, um, we also need to remember that this is a health crisis, and particularly one that before this season started we talked about affecting Offensive linemen in particular, defensive linemen, people with high BMIs, people with existing conditions, and there are plenty of those in the mix here.
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll we'll keep all eyes on what happens there. I know we got to move on. Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, Jason Fitz, Sarah Spain, uh, all of our guests appear on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. We'll go back there a little bit later. But let's get to some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And that comes in the form, Sarah, of LeBron and the legacy. We all know what's at stake tonight, obviously, as the Lakers are on the cusp and have the opportunity to win an NBA championship. Now, when LeBron was asked about his legacy and had to talk about it, his words we're pretty simple when he talked about Lakers, the Lakers fans, and how they feel about his past and what he's accomplished. What I've learned being a Laker is that the Laker faithful don't give a damn what you've done before. Until you become a Laker, you got to do it with them as well. They don't care about your resume at all until you become a Laker, and then you got to do it as a Laker, and then they respect you. That's, though, Sarah, I think one of the interesting things about this. LeBron's won a lot, and so have the Lakers. I'm not sure anything that happens tonight changes the legacy for either of them because, in my mind, they both already accomplished incredible things individually and as a franchise. So, on the one hand, I would agree with you that if LeBron were to lose this series, it wouldn't take away from his legacy to me. But I do think he can add to it tonight. Uh, There's an interesting stat on KJ&Z this morning. Seven times. In NBA history, a player has had at least 500 points, 150 rebounds, 150 assists in a single postseason. LeBron is responsible for six of them. Mm. Six of seven times. You combine the fact that statistically he continues to do things we've never seen before. You add in the longevity, the durability, the fact that he's been to this many finals. And if he wins one, that ups the percentage of finals that he's in and wins, which is one of those stats that everybody loves to hold over. And because Mike, Michael Jordan was 6-0. But also, this is the kind of emotional season that people grow, you know, very seriously attached to and attach memories to. I think Cleveland's first is like that for him, Mm. where we remember what it felt like. This one's for you, Cleveland. And the fact that it was a drought. And then this one because of Kobe. I do think that there's something special about if they can tie a bow on a season that started off tragically, took so many ups and downs, and to picture them, they're wearing their Mamba jerseys, which, by the way, they're 4-0 in their Mamba unis. They're 4-0 after a playoff loss this season. It doesn't seem likely that the Heat are going to win tonight. That being said, I think there are aspects of this particular uh, final that will add to sort of the legend of LeBron, even though it's not necessary. That's interesting the way you said that, because I I don't disagree with anything you just said about Kobe and how special this would be and being able to to separate and then come back together in the bubble and what the Lakers have accomplished. I do believe that this could in many ways be his greatest accomplishment, taking this team to the finals because of all the distractions that came this year. I just Mm -hmm. sometimes get tied up on the legacy conversation because I think so many people already have their mind made up about LeBron in general. I agree. Go ahead. I agree. But I will just say as somebody who was in that group of people that so, so much wanted to defend Michael Jordan that I, was kind of would push back on the commentary around LeBron. The more he does, the longer he's around, the more he wins, the more I just stop fighting so hard. And I say, listen, different eras, different players, different accomplishments, but I root for LeBron. Now I think he's fantastic. It's not the same. And so I do think that over time you can even convince the most, you know, you know, sturdy of Michael Jordan supporters to at least say, listen, he's doing he's doing crazy things that we've like never seen. And that's interesting. By the way, that's some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, everything for less only at Walmart. Because, again, I hear everything. I I think with what Kobe and the passing of Kobe and Gigi uh, could have meant to this organization, it, it could have totally torn the entire season apart. And then COVID could have torn the entire season apart. Coming into the bubble could have torn this entire season apart. I think LeBron's ability to lead through all of those 
and really cement himself as a Laker in the eyes of a fan base that didn't love him necessarily in the beginning. We all remember the murals being painted over. I mean, that, that to me is, is really incredible. I just have, I, I've struggled to see a legacy change because if you're a Lakers fan, part of it is, in my mind, you're looking at it and said, well, you, you won one. I mean, we've got so many guys here that won five, six. I mean, you, the numbers just go on and on and on. So winning one championship as a Laker isn't that big a deal. And winning one Lakers championship when you're LeBron and you've won and been in so many, yeah. you know, that that's the, the twist in it. Uh, so. Interesting, though, I will say, Keyshawn Johnson, who's a major Lakers fan, said this morning that he thought if they won, it would be the biggest title in the franchise's history. I do not agree with that, but I'm not a Lakers fan. So it's interesting that a Lakers fan would feel that way about something like this, that this would be the most important one because of what happened to Kobe, because of everything else. So interesting. The By the way, a little news nugget for you here. The Jets have uh, they've revealed now that all tests are negative after a positive test earlier. So their game Sunday versus the Cardinals will go on is scheduled. Want to make sure you know that. Plus, we want to make sure you know the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz is taking it right up to the NBA Finals tonight. We were just talking about it. So, could the Mamba be the motivation for the Lakers to close out the heat tonight? We'll go directly to the court and talk to somebody there to get their expertise on it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. All right, it's the Spain and Fitz post party. We're going to have a little bit of fun, get into a little bit of stuff. Have a maybe. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. I was not aware of this. Uh, I need to go have a beverage. And I haven't you been working for like 14 hours? Do we need a post party? You know what's a better post party than hanging out with you? Uh, it's drinks. <laughs> hanging out with anyone else. Maybe, else a, maybe an edible. Uh, <laughs> listen to the show. It's really good, I promise. <laughs>